Are we waiting on Mike? Uh, I don't see him in here. So what happened? You realized the camera was on? You didn't want me to see that you were taking a shit? No, I'm not taking a shit. I'm in my living room. Oh, don't shit in your living room. I'll do what I want. It's my house. Actually, it's not, but it's my apartment. I'm renting it. I can do what I want, sort of. That's true. <laughs> what are you oh, laughing at? God. Here he comes. Everybody I just joined. Police. I, <clears throat> I just joined, so. We saw. Yeah, but you didn't invite me. You guys were having your own little party over here. I had to come. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> How does that work? I had to join the call. It said that you started a call. You and Val were laughing, having a good time. Yeah. We were having a really good time without you. Great. Now Mike's here. Yep. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, my God. I, fun I'm stuff. so cold. Fun, fun police. Fun police. Fun police. That's you, that's you. <laughs> that's what we call Odie, the fun police, because whenever the cats are playing, he busts in and is like, nobody's having fun in here. <laughs> Not on my watch. Oh. Oh. Keep it down. Sorry. I was cracking my back. Oh, sweet Jesus, I wish I could crack my back right now. You should. You should try. I just did, and I hurt my back. <laughs> oh, too much. I took your advice, Mike. I did crack my back. How does it feel? Uh, good. Although, I still feel like a giant piece of shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing my official I give up on life outfit. It consists of gray sweatpants and a different color gray hoodie. Ooh, you fancy now. And, oh, yeah. It's just absolutely pathetic. Oh, and, uh, of course, slippers because my feet are cold. Dude, I'm, I'm with you. I didn't shower yesterday. Ew. Oh, and today. Here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and today I'm wearing a gray sweatshirt and my thing sweatpants. And my hair is just so greasy and gross. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. What about you, Val? No, oh, I'm pretty greasy, too. <laughs> this show is gross. <laughs> oh, good God. All right. Well, let's get this thing rolling. I got places to be and awful football to watch. Womp womp. <laughs> Your host, Ryan, Shane, and Mike. And we are back. Welcome to All You Need Is Blood, episode number 117. Um, joining me, as always, co-host Mike Whittemore, and Shane decided he didn't want to hang out with us because we promised to talk about video games. So instead, we've got his replacement, Valerie Burns. Val, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? Awesome. Absolutely awesome. And Mike, how you doing today? I'm filthy. Yes, <laughs> we already established that. 
<laughs> oh, 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 I just pulled a big piece of crust from like the corner of my eye. It's getting oh. worse. <laughs> this is the grossest <laughs> podcast there is. We're disgusting. Oh, Anytime God. you have to say crust and then follow it up with a body part, that's not yeah. good. Good God. We're the crustiest podcast on the internet. <laughs> There's a subgenre of metal and punk called crust. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Crust core? No, it's just crust. <clears throat> this podcast that's... is crust core. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's what we specialize in. Now you got to change it on Spotify and everything else you can listen to on podcast, but also crust core. <laughs> oh, yeah, I probably should do that, huh? <laughs> so on, on the podcast, we like to discuss horror movies, talk shit to each other, various other nonsense, including but not limited to music, movies, games, comics, whatever else happens to come up. We are the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. If you want to reach the podcast, hit us up on Gmail, AllYouNeedIsBloodPod at gmail.com. The Facebook group, AllYouNeedIsBlood. Instagram account, AllYouNeedIsBloodPodcast. And if you're listening to us, it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Just type in AllYouNeedIsBlood and subscribe. Oh, and rate and review and whatever else oh, is supposed to be happening. You're adding stuff now. Uh, yeah, that was always on there. I just feel like I don't read it. I've never heard you say it before. But it's there every time. So smash that like like button yeah. and hit that bell. How many episodes have you reviewed, Mike? Reviewed? Oh, uh, maybe two. I think like whenever I'm on um No, you didn't. Do you really? Well, not nah, I just I just sometimes I hit the review. If I'm like listening to it on uh, SoundCloud, like I sometimes I'll hit like the five-star thing. But that's it. <laughs> no one else does. I got to yes, do something. Yes, artificially inflating our numbers. <laughs> Willow oh, being really doing rude that. right now. What? So Willow is being very rude right now. Why? No one heard her hacking into the phone. Oh, I thought that was you. <laughs> yeah, I did not think that was a cat. <laughs> that sounded like a human sneeze. <laughs> Nope, that was cat. I had to kick her off the couch <laughs> very gently. I was like, no. It still reminds me of little Jerry Seinfeld from that one episode with the, <laughs> the rooster and the cockfight. And he's like coughing. He sounds like a human being. <laughs> little Jerry. <laughs> Is that her again? Yeah. She's... <laughs> that sounds like you're, do- or like you're farting or something. No. Blaming it on Willow. No, it's just Willow existing. Good lord. Old bat. Good. Start doing that the next time I fart on Mike. Tony, what'd you do? Hopefully, you don't <laughs> fart on me. That's what you think. You said fart on Mike. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Thought that's what you're into. It's going to leave a singe mark. Oh, God. So, what have you guys been up to? Val, we haven't had you on in, like, a hundred years. It has been that long. So, what have you been doing recently? Um, well, I, um, started the Pipefitters Union, our local one over here. So, that's been taking up most of my time. So, they had me doing, like, a 5.30 to 1.30 
thing. So I have to wake up at three in the morning and it sucks. <laughs> so I've had no time to do anything because I get home and I'm like, well, it's it's bedtime. So yeah, I've been pretty boring. That sounds horrible. Oh, it's, it's been an adventure. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> now, is that like like an internship type thing or are you actually uh, working? No, I'm in the apprenticeship. But I mean, I oh, okay. am working, but they give me the bullshit jobs. They're like, hey, uh, can you organize stuff? Do fire watch a lot, so I literally just stand there and make sure nothing goes on fire. Oh, I've done fire watch before. Uh, so you know, it's great when everyone goes on break and they're like, "You have to stay here." Oh, they never did that to me. (laughs) Not yet. Finish up like five seconds before break. All right, we're going on break. Uh, You can't leave, by the way. (laughs) I think they just didn't like you. Oh my god, that makes so much sense now. Ryan, daddy sucks. <laughs> Sorry, you had to learn this way. <laughs> Son of a bitch, all these years. <laughs> so, how about you, Mike? You've been getting into anything recently? Uh, I've been also boring. My, um, I've been working like 50 hours a week, every week. Um, so yeah, I pretty much go to work, come home, and go to bed. Uh, but, I have been playing some video games or trying to. Uh, I was trying to finish this game Firewatch, which is odd that that's what I was playing that you guys were that's just talking so about. weird. Um, <laughs> but I've been playing that. I haven't finished it. Um, my motivation to play video games has been pretty low. Since I can't like play a game when I'm like really tired, I am so finicky when it comes to it. It's real weird. Um, I've been trying to you know, review some... 2021 metal albums and i've got my my list did you what'd you say i said you didn't finish that yet finish what my list yeah you've been on that for a while now yeah i i I think i'm done with it i um a lot of albums came out at the very end of the year but Mm -hmm. yeah i've got like my top 15 um, other than that, I bought a Switch OLED, which was pretty cool. I've been playing Pokemon Shining Pearl, which was looks gorgeous. Um, Val and I are not playing the new Halo Infinite yet because we're waiting for co-op. So, yeah, supposedly that couch co-op is not couch co-op, but just co-op in general is coming in May. So I'm, we're mm. hoping that hits and then we're going to start the new Halo, which I hear really good things about. Um... Yeah, my buddy said it's really good. Yeah, I, I've heard nothing but good things. A lot of people are just overly, you know, picky or whatever, but whatever. Um, I started collecting Pokemon cards again. Oh, my God. I know. It's happened. It, it pulled me right Eight back in. Mike is I know. Back. I know, man. I don't know why. It was a McDonald's promo cards. That's what got you. I think it was. It totally <laughs> was. Like, uh, it was the last, last winter, right? No, it was early this year. Early okay. last year. Yeah, early last year, McDonald's had, and they do this a lot, they have got these promo Pokemon cards you cannot get anywhere else, and you can only get them through Happy Meals, which made me feel like even more like a toddler. And and how many Happy Meals did you get? Oh my god, Val. How many Perfectly, Happy Meals? We've got, we got quite a bit. We got a I lot. Because I got all the cards, so I don't even think you got all of them. No, I didn't. <laughs> And so we had to keep getting Happy Meals, and they would give us cards, and, you know. And then I was like, hey, you know, this was kind of cool, opening those packs again, because I was huge into Pokemon back in the day. And, like, just opening those packs was a nostalgia trip, and 
I was like, well, maybe I'll start collecting them again. And I have, and it's stupid. And I actually put like <laughs> probably a couple hundred bucks into them recently. Just in the past two weeks. Yeah, I've been I've been bad with it. Wow. Yeah, but uh, other than that, I've been buying retro uh, magazines, video game magazines like Game Pro and Tips and Tricks. I've been trying to collect those again because I grew up with those. And I was maybe... more of an EGM guy myself. Back oh yeah. In the day. Oh yeah. I think I had a, a subscription at one point. It's so nostalgic going through those. I, I bought one Game Pro, and it was like a Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 or 4 or 2. I don't know. <clears throat> and um, I was just flipping through, and all the, you know, like the upcoming Resident Evil, you know, like that Code Veronica was, was coming out at the time. And it's just so neat to flip through and see, you know, what these people thought games would be back then. And the artwork is gorgeous, and... So I went with at a I went to a place. What was the name of the place, Val? Uh, Next Gen in Highland, Indiana. Yeah, Next Gen. Uh, it was like Next Gen Games or whatever. And some guy and his dad own it, and it's a real small place, but it's awesome. And we walked in there, and I had the mentality. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna see if they have some, you know, uh, Game Pro or Tips and Tricks magazines. And soon as I made like I beelined it to the left, and there was one game pro. I'm like, cool. I look behind it. There's another one, and there's another one, there's another one. And he said he just put them out that day. And I walked out of there with like forty bucks worth of uh, gaming magazines, and it was cool. <laughs> I don't know. It's like maybe my my life now isn't what I thought it would be. So I'm like trying to go back in time and relive my childhood or something. Sounds uh, like yes, we... crisis. Wait, what'd you say? It sounds like a midlife crisis. It sounds like it, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what's happening to me. That's uh, scary. <laughs> yeah, I've been running through that for the last 25 years or so. <laughs> How about you, Ryan? What have you been up to? <laughs> oh, I got a bunch of dumb nonsense to talk about. Uh, I'm not going to get into all of it right now. Uh, I, I am reading a book, my first book of 2021. Uh, 2022. What fucking year is it? Oh, my God. Um. <laughs> So I picked up a book called Monster Vision, uh, the films of John and Mark Polonia. And I've I've talked about the Polonia brothers before, and uh, I was really excited to read this because I'm like, oh, I could read a dumb book about the Polonia brothers. I, I'm sure it goes over all their movies and everything. I'm like, oh, it's going to be fascinating. So it's written by uh, Douglas Allen Waltz, and you, I can only find it on like Amazon in an actual physical book cop version. I couldn't get it on Kindle. Um. And I'm like halfway through it, and I'm not loving it, but I'm going to push my way through. Um, it's more about like a synopsis of the films as opposed to like background stories and like a history of like the movies and stuff, which I kind of would rather be more interested in, like how they did some of their goofy shots on video and, you know, props and all that. I think that would have been a little more interesting, but it's basically a breakdown of every movie that the Polonia brothers made. Um with a couple little tidbits thrown in, uh, they, they ask um, um, uh, interviews a little bit on uh, with some of the people that are on there. So uh, it's interesting, but I kind of it's not exactly what I was hoping for. So okay. we'll see how it pans out. Maybe the rest of the book will be better. Um, what else have I been doing? I don't know. I I, <laughs> I haven't been gaming like I should. I just keep playing fucking Dark Souls three over and over again in a loop. Um, Are you going to get Elden Ring? 
I will get it. I don't know if I'll get it when it comes out, but I will get it. Um, I mean, I don't see a reason not to get it when it comes out. Uh, but it's one of those things like, oh, I've got so many other games. Maybe I should play some of those games. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, maybe I should get Elden Ring. <laughs> so I'll get it. It's uh, it, it's going to be coming. And then we'll have a, an episode about that. Sure, yeah. why not? <laughs> I, I ordered it, too. I don't even play those types of games. <laughs> you still? I, I, it, you, you've never played a, a From Software like Souls game? <clears throat> no, I dabbled in Bloodborne. Okay. And dabbled is probably an overstatement. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm curious stop. to see how, how you uh, make your way through it. I probably wouldn't. My anxiety is really rough when it comes to games, so. I don't know. Awesome. Good talk, Mike. Yeah. yeah, good talk. Good talk. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I have been watching some movies. Um at the towards the end of the uh of the year, I was plowing through uh, a whole bunch of like just Blu-rays I hadn't gotten to yet. Like after getting a whole buttload of vinegar syndrome stuff in, so I was plowing through some of those. Uh some hits and misses. I'll probably want to talk about a couple of them. Um and oh yeah, I had COVID, so that sucked. Oh yeah, but just I, I got over that, didn't you? Yeah, I got it. Like uh, it was like two days before Christmas, uh, and Elisa and I were supposed to drive down to her mom's house in New Jersey. So I'm like, oh, before I go, I'm gonna take one one of these tests, you know, because I don't want I don't want to go down there and get her mom sick and the rest of her family. So uh, I did a test. I was didn't feel ill at all, and it popped back positive. And I'm like, what the fuck? I guess we're not going anywhere. So uh, I had almost like very, very mild symptoms. I uh, had like sinus congestion for like three or four days. And uh, and I did lose my taste for about 24 hours, which was really funny because like I kept trying to taste things, but I couldn't. Um, but it came back. I, I had I had like a plan. I'm like, oh, I'm going to eat like the hottest thing I have and just see what happens. <laughs> Uh, it turns out, it, despite not being able to taste the heat, it still melts your butthole. <laughs> so that scientific theory proved out. <laughs> but my brother got it at the same time I did. <clears throat> and uh, so I was talking to him and he was saying he was messing with his uh, wife and kids. He would like grab an onion and be like, oh, these apples are weird. And like literally just house an entire onion in oh front of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> so. But yeah, that's about it. That's what I've been up to recently. Actually, funny that you bring up uh, reading because I've, I've also been reading uh, The Stand by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading the um, extended version of it, and I'm like halfway How, through. Wait a minute. How is there an extended version? The regular <laughs> version is like 10,000 pages. Yeah, this one's 1,000 pages. Oh, um, my God. So there's some been some downtime at work a little bit, so I've been reading. And I love it so far. But there's one part where I've I've hit where it's kind of a slog. And I don't know if you've ever read it or know anything about The Stand. No, I never read it. But, like, man, the world building in this. And I didn't know The Stand was about a sickness. I really didn't. I just heard about The Stand at the time. I heard that they were going to, like, turn it into a TV show. And I owned the book. So I was like, well, might as well start it. 
And it's about like a sickness that comes out and wipes out everybody besides a few people. And it was so weird <coughs> that, you know, I even picked it up. But, um, yeah, like the, the Anthrax, Among the Living, like that albums and songs are based off The Stand. I didn't know that. Oh, really? Yeah, because the, um, <clears throat> I forget what song it is. I think it is Among the Living. He's like, I'm the walking dude. And the walking dude is from The Stand. And I think the uh, the cover is uh, from The Stand, too, I think. <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's been a pretty cool book so far. I've gotten to a part where I'm not really huge on. It's uh, when some survivors are going to Nebraska, and I'm just kind of like, let's let's get this over with a little bit. But it's very it's a very cool book. I, I'm trying to read more. That's one of my personal resolutions is trying to get some more book reading in. And uh, the stand is one of those books, but it's about a thousand pages, so I don't know when I'll be able to finish. Yeah, that's a long one. I did the same thing last year. I was trying to read more. I think I got and, and like it's it's not a lot, but it's a lot for me. Like I read like fourteen books. Oh wow! Which is for me, that's a lot. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, I read like a book a week." I'm like, "Well, what the fuck? <laughs> Give me a break." I started a book too. Whoa! I know that's weird. Book. Uh, it's called "I'll Be Gone in the Dark," and uh. Michelle McNamara wrote it. She's she was the the woman that's married to Patton Oswald, the one that passed away. Oh, I guess she was super obsessed with the Golden State Killer, and he was going around like he was like a serial serial rapist at first, but then he became like a, a mass murderer because he would watch people's houses. He would break into their houses while they weren't home. He would plant weapons in their home. And then at night, he would come and use those weapons to kill them. Holy cow. So I guess she was, like, super obsessed with it because they never found out who he was. So she wanted to find out who he was. And I guess she'd passed away right before they found out who he actually was. But she did a ton of research for it. That's crazy. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, I, I thought it was really neat. I didn't know that she was... Pat and Oswald's wife. I just heard that the book was good off of uh, one of the podcasts that I listened to. They have like a Facebook page and someone was like, yeah, I've been reading this. And I was like, oh, I'll read a book about murders. It's fine. Sure. Has there been a Netflix documentary about the Golden State Killer? Because that sounds like something I want to watch. It was an HBO one. Oh, okay. Oh, it's got this is good. Wait, HBO in the 90s or like modern HBO? Modern HBO, because it's oh, literally, it's basically the book, I guess. Ooh. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I love those documentaries. I'm just like, all right, I got to get involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch this documentary and solve the case. <laughs> oh, wait, they explain everything in it. Shit. Like that Elisa Lamb uh, documentary, which was great. Yeah. Except, oh, is that the girl in the water tank? Yeah, except the weird part where like these people were obsessed with the case. So the one guy, he he couldn't go down to visit her grave. So he had his buddy go to the grave and put his hand on the grave oh itself. God, I completely forgot about that. I, I love the documentary, but why they added these weird people that were totally obsessed with the case is beyond me. That guy needs mental help. 
<laughs> I'm gonna go visit this dead woman's grave that I never met. It's just so fucking weird. Oh god. All right, so what do we got else lined up here before we get to our uh, video game topic? Do you want to do your uh, 2021 list, Mike, or yeah, else? Yeah, why not? Oh, you know what? Hang on. Before that, wow. I almost forgot. I I do have news. Oh. Uh, wait, where did it go? There it is. I got it. I do have news, so we should probably cover the news first. News. <laughs> we should have had Val do a live, you know. <laughs> oh, we got her here. I know. I don't know if she'll be able to replicate it. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> well, we had a couple passings already in 2022. I almost said 2021. Like, I'm saying it every time. Um, well, we know Betty White died just before the new year, so she didn't make it. So cut her right out of the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> what did I see? I saw a meme. Um, Oh, uh, what was the joke? Um, okay. <laughs> What's the difference? This is horrible. You guys want a horrible joke? Yes. <laughs> What's the difference between Paul Walker and Betty White? Oh, no. What? I don't know. <laughs> Paul Walker broke 100 before he died. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, God, I saw that. I was like, I am a horrible person for laughing at this, but I love it. Um, so, yeah, she passed away, Golden Girls, and uh, Lake Placid. She was good in that one. Yeah. Was she in any of the sequels? I have no idea. I doubt it. Probably not. She was in a bunch of Studio Ghibli movies. Studio what? Ghibli. Oh, Ghibli, okay. As, like, uh, just the American dub, or was she, like, picked to be in them? Obviously, the Japanese versions. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Betty White. No, she's been in the dubs. She's always, like, an old lady. <laughs> Typecasting. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's cool, it's though. Like, Konnichiwa. I want to I hear her do the Japanese version. Mike likes when I talk Japanese. It's impressive. Sorry, I was chewing. Yeah, she only says, like, the same shit over and over again. And she quotes Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. <laughs> like, that's her Japanese impression. Not even not even the regular Dead or Alive games. No. Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. Because you, you spike. Nice. You spike the ball. Yeah, and she goes, nice as spiku. <laughs> I don't think that's Japanese. <laughs> If we ever go to Japan, that's what's going to carry us through that trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you're going to be on a um, a volleyball tour. <laughs> and you'll be all set. Is that all the news you had? No, I got more people that are dead. Oh. Um, <laughs> Sidney Poitier has passed away. Uh, he's a legendary African-American actor. I think he was the first uh, African-American to win the Oscar for Best Actor. Um, he was in a lot of like really like good stuff and like good performances, so we wouldn't cover any of that on our show. No. Um, but yeah, he was a pretty big deal. And then uh, Peter Peter Bogdanovich also passed away. 
I uh, was an actor and a director. Did a lot of like all kinds of different movies, comedies, documentaries, and all kinds of stuff. But what I knew him for was he's the psychiatrist psychiatrist in The Sopranos. So like the the one oh. that um, what's her face would go to uh, to discuss all of her problems. So I'm like, oh, that's how I know that guy. <laughs> Are these people uh, like that this year or last year? No, they died in January 2022. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, if we're giving shout-outs, I know someone got, to give a shout-out to. But that got would another be- one, too? What do you got? Well, last year, Mike didn't know who it was, and it made me really upset. Sonny Chiba died last year. Oh, yeah. I talked about that on the podcast. Oh, good. Okay. See, if Val listened to the upset. podcast, if she listens she to it, know. she would know. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love Sonny Chiba. Yeah, I told Mike, I'm like, dude, Sonny Chiba died, and he's like, who? I was like, we're not friends anymore. This is, that's yeah. it. That's it. And we Take haven't been friends there. since. <laughs> Gross. The pox on you. <laughs> and your family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so in some other news, um, there's been, there's a huge leak at uh from um what do, I don't even know what you call it from Warner Brothers that um the Flash movie they're making uh it turns out they're just going to completely end the quote unquote Snyderverse um and essentially eliminate Ben Affleck Batman and Henry Cavill Superman um by rebooting the universe in that movie and a lot of people are, or a lot of DC fans are pissed off, and everyone else is like, yeah, who cares? Like, they were right. coming back anyway. <laughs> so, that was a, uh, that was a big kerfuffle in the, uh, in the film world. Um, but I have some other interesting news, Mike. I'm sure you're going to be excited about this. Um, uh, a woman named, I don't even know how to say this name, Olwen Fuere Fuere? I don't know how to say that. It looks French. Guy Fieri. Yeah, Guy Fieri uh, (laughs) is cast as (laughs) Sally Hardesty in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, reboot, whatever. So that's the original girl from the first movie. Oh. And uh, it's not the same actress, different actress. Um, And uh, she will be seeking revenge from the original movie. Oh, my God. And it's it's not at all like Halloween 2018 with Cory Strode wanting revenge. This is completely original um, (laughs) and and not just a huge pile of shit. How do you feel about bringing the character back, Mike? What? Was she going to be like a thousand years old like Laurie Strode is? But at least she's got a reason to be hunting down Leatherface, unlike Laurie Strode in the new Halloween. Because the reason in is her the, brother the, got... She yeah, what, what's in Halloween. Her reason is that she's sick of everybody saying that that's her brother. It's not her brother now. <laughs> Seriously, why is she... Why does she care about Michael Myers? Like, she she was like, oh, he's been, he's been waiting for me, and I've been waiting for... No, he hasn't. According to this whole universe, he doesn't even know who you are, probably. So, <laughs> so yes, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it probably makes more sense than the Halloween one. Because, you know, her all of her friends got mowed down, and yeah, I guess it's same in Halloween, but... And then she went insane. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, yeah, she was in an insane asylum. Which one was that? Oh, that I was... don't know. I mean, I... Was there a movie where she was? Halloween? Oh. No, I was talking Texas Chainsaw. Oh, man. Because I, I know that she was in the truck, and she was, like, laughing at the end. And I was like, bitch crazy now. I would be, too. Yeah, but, I like... Literally just, I just watched it last night. I'm trying to work through the Texas Chainsaws before we do... Before the new one comes out. No, I only uh. remember the one. And that was... Not a continuation of the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I got maybe I'll maybe I'll watch them again. I don't know. I really just want to watch the first like three, and then call it a day. <laughs> I still have to watch the Leatherface one. The one is that, that's um... is that the cousin one? No, that's Texas Chainsaw 3D. Oh, that one's... yeah, n- not that one. It's after that one. It's like a prequel where Leatherface is a little kid. Oh. Because yeah, everyone wants to see that. And it was garbage. And anybody who says it was good is lying. <laughs> Not that they're mistaken, it's just lying. What you drinking? We hear before. we hear the fizzles. I, I just realized that as I'm trying to pour my <laughs> seltzer into the like in front of the microphone. <laughs> yeah, but that movie's gonna be balls. Ice. Oh, it's gonna be horrible. Um and uh, I'm just trying to prepare myself for when I have to actually watch it speaking of horrible did you guys talk about resident evil the movie no no we haven't watched it yet do i have to did you watch it no (laughs) or did you no i totally did why you watched it without me yeah i did Wow. I brought it up to Val. I'm like, hey, we should watch that movie. And she goes, no, we're not going to watch it. And then she watched it behind my back. That one wow. is bad it was. Girl, it was bad. <laughs> is it? Is it worse than the other ones? It was terrible. Because it's supposed to be like one and two together, mm-hmm. but in two hours. And they like pissed on all of the characters. I mean, everything's stupid. Stuff didn't make sense. Lisa Trevor was in the orphanage. She's never been in the orphanage. She's only been in the Arkway Mountains. And I was just like, I'm done. I don't even know who that is. You didn't play the GameCube one or the... uh, Lisa Trevor? The remake for Resident Evil 1. You didn't play that? Yeah, who the hell's Lisa Trevor? She's the one with the... Her hands are cuffed together and she's got the weird mask face. Oh, I don't know her name. <laughs> That's her. You're welcome. Great. I mean, you're talking 20 years ago was, was when I played that, Val. We'll replay it. They keep releasing it. <laughs> Good Lord. Notice how quiet Mike is. Now he's all salty. He's going to yell at me when he gets out, comes oh, over. He's furious. I'm chewing. <laughs> well, Very angrily. He's eating now. He's just gathering his rage. Oh, my God. All right. Well, that's what I got for news, and I guess we got Val's review of that Resident Evil movie in. Yeah. Zero. That's a big steamer. So what else do we got? You want to do your uh, your list now, Mike, of some yeah, why uh, not? metal albums? Sure. Yes. So these are my top ten uh, favorite metal albums of 2021, and I've got five runner-ups. So, <clears throat> I'll do my runner-ups first. Um, 
I've got Fulci, Exhumed Information. It's a uh, death metal band, slam, brutal death band um, uh, who has lyrics primarily around horror movies, and their name is Fulci, so you know that they're serious about it. Uh, mm-hmm. The new album's pretty good. It has like some um, like horror... Uh, I forget like what you call it, like maybe like some horror synth music by another artist, and half of it's like slam and death metal, and the other half is that. It's pretty good. Uh, there's a band called uh, Beast, Based. It's B A E S T, and their album's Necro Sapiens. I then have Art Spire, Believe the Future, which is probably one of the fastest albums I've ever heard in my life. The lead singer. He does this style called shotgun growling singing where he is just like super fast and it's pretty impossible to even replicate it. Um, but he can do it live and everything. He's just an insane vocalist. Uh, there's some um, uh, sections of the album that remind me of Necrophagist. If you're into death metal and you know them, this album has some hints of that, which is pretty cool to fill the void. Um my next album, number 12, is Paranorm Empyrean. It's a great thrash metal album that came out this year. I suggest it to everybody. Um, mm. Number 11 is Asphyx with Necroceros. Necroceros? I'm not sure. But uh, Asphyx is like one of my favorite death metal albums ever. Um, and they put out a really good one they've they've been around for over 30 years and this album is just continually with their heavy nature um but then it comes to my top 10 and i want to give another shout out because this album came out at the ass end of 2020 and um it came out like digitally in like october (coughs) but then I, it was like one of my favorite albums uh, throughout all of last year and probably this year. And it's by a band called uh, Dominiac, Demoniac. And it's an album called So It Goes. And it's like black and thrash metal. And there's like a flute song with a flute on it. And it's amazing. It's like what it's probably up there as one of my favorite thrash metal albums ever. It's so good. And I could not stop listening to it. So I'm going to put it up there as like it came out in 2021 because it came out so late in 2020. Um, But you very much go check that out. It's awesome. So good. Okay. So my top 10, um, the 10th album would be um, Worm and their Forever Glade album. It's like a death, doom, gross, awesome, heavy, fantastic album. Uh, Then number nine is Frozen Soul with their Crypt of Ice. So if you're freezing your ass off and you want to listen to something that's going to make you freeze your ass off even more, this is a death metal album. And it's all about ice and cold and it's chilly. And we got Obscura with A Valediction. And um, that's a very great technical progressive death metal album um it doesn't hold up to their their previous albums in my opinion but it's so much talent these guys are insane guitar players and every single one of them is like a master at their craft it's they're so good 
then number seven, we got Cannibal Corpse, Violence Unimagined. Uh, usually Cannibal Corpse does this thing where they kind of sound the same on each album. But um, Eric Rutan helped uh, like mix this album, and he is on guitars now. And he just adds that extra oomph that Cannibal Corpse really needed to stand out. Because a lot of their albums sound the same. But this one, it's very catchy and heavy. There's a lot of thrash elements to it. Really worth checking out. Uh, number six would be Holder, God's Lastering, Hymns of a Forlorn Peasantry. Um, from here on out, there's going to be a lot of black metal, which I'm not sure what people if people like or not. But a Holder is a one-woman black metal band, and it's fantastic. She does everything on the album. Uh, guitars, drums, singing. She's awesome. And this album is fantastic for black metal. Uh, then number five is a band called Demiser through the Gate Eternal. It's a black and thrash metal band. Um, these guys are fantastic. And it has some of my favorite cover art of the year as well. Um, number four is another black metal band called Miasmata. And their albums Unlight, Songs of Earth, and Atrophy. And it's the same thing as Holder, It's a, but it's a one-man one black metal band. And it's fantastic. It's super catchy. The riffs are, man, they'll be stuck in your head for a while. And not on a lot of people's lists. I've heard this, I heard one of their songs on Reddit, and I decided to go check it out. And I was addicted to it. It was a great album. So my top three. Um, three is Stormkeep, Tales of Other Time. Like, if you talk to somebody who's really into metal and like death metal and black metal and everything. Uh, they're going to probably say Stormkeep is in their top three or five, if not one. This album is so sought after that they only made like 500 of the records. And like the um, record company, Van Records, was getting death threats from people because they couldn't actually buy the album. Um, it's, uh, the vocalist is the drummer from Blood Incantation, which is one of my favorite death metal album, uh, bands. And this, this, <laughs> this album is, uh, it's like a Dark Souls game, but in black metal form. There's, <laughs> it's, they talk about magic and castles and just fantasy songs. And it's like a blackened, uh, like death metal at times. And it's insanely good i actually just got their first um um lp it's like a short lp and it's that was sold out for the longest time anything these guys put out sell out because they're probably one of the best bands out right now um so definitely go check that out if you haven't heard it it's a lot of fun there's a song on there that's like synthy and it sounds like it's straight out of castlevania it's fucking awesome hmm. so number two would be woad uh, Burn in Many Mirrors. It's a black metal album that I could not stop listening to this year. A lot of thrashy parts to it. You really got to go check that one out. It's fantastic. And my number one album of the year was by 1914, and it's where Fear and Weapons Meet. And these guys put out one of my favorite albums of like 2018, 2019. And they talk about... It's a blackened death metal band, and they mainly sing about World War One, which is hence the name 1914. All their lyrics around the World War One, and it's just like an anti-war, uh, kind of like the human condition of war. The lyrics are very powerful. I don't, you know, I'm not even like a history buff, but I often recite the lyrics to like Val. I'm like, hey, look how cool this is. And 
it's fantastic. It's you got to really listen to it. There's a song in there that um, at first I thought was going to be annoying, but it emulates uh, like the uh, the sound that you get the ringing in your ear if a bomb went off next to you, and it's like that. And they kind of like build upon that in the song, which I've never heard of heard before um i have listened to this album like 20 or 30 times since it came out in october and the reason why i haven't posted is because i haven't gotten it in the mail yet i bought like the collector's diehard edition of it because i knew i'd love it and um it still hasn't come in yet uh so that's why i haven't posted anything on instagram about it but one of the songs is the lead singer bloodbath which is one of my favorite bands and i mean this album is awesome it's like close to perfect as you could be it's i think it's better than their last album and i cannot wait to see where these guys go from here because oh man they're so good so yeah that's my uh top 15 albums of 2021 wow yeah and uh iron maiden didn't make the list huh no (laughs) sinjetsu or whatever i'm not i'm not gonna set aside an hour and 15 20 minutes for an album i'm sorry it's not that long is it it's up there let me see wow i think that's the only i think that's the only one that i bought this year mike really yeah i didn't listen to much music at all oh never mind sinjutsu is only 41 minutes no i'm sorry disc one is 40 minutes disc two is 41 minutes i don't think there's a disc two what is it like a live disc or something because i don't think i got that no, I'm just. It says the song list. There's like ten songs on it. On the well, the whole album I think is like ten songs. Yeah. Well, they I guess they're doing it by discs. But yeah, the fir- the whole thing's like eighty minutes. It's like an hour and twenty wow. minutes. Yeah. Didn't even realize. No, uh, the the one song I heard uh, I think it was called "The Writing on the Wall." Yeah, it wasn't bad, but. I don't know. That one's not that good. I, I like some of the other stuff that's out there. Would that be I your did. top metal album of the year? Well, since it's the only one I fucking bought. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I did listen to the new Necro Goblicon uh, video they put out <laughs> last week. so I did not listen to that yet. But you like uh, you like thrash metal and stuff. I think you'd like that Demiser band. It's yeah, like a, was, a black and... I was and... taking notes as you were going, Mike. Yeah, you'd like that. good because i need some more music to put in there oh listen to all the all the albums i just listed and you would not be disappointed perfect then i could lord my superiority over everyone else yeah you could you could be me for a day (laughs) look down on people who your favorite band is slayer and shit i already haven't showered so i'm like halfway there there you go man (laughs) gotta grow out your hair too (laughs) wait your hair's grown out mike yeah, a little bit. It's just greasy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not longer. It's just greasy. <laughs> it's just dirtier. <laughs> well, I may have an advantage there. I, I get some of the greasiest fucking hair. And like if when I don't shower for like twenty four hours I'm the same it's, way. It's disgusting. It's my like cake to my head. After three hours. Yeah, dude. It's it's like instant grease. You could wring out my hair on a good day. Oh yeah. I actually bought um, uh, what's that stupid soap company? Um, Duke Cannon. Yeah, Duke Cannon. I got the Duke Cannon oil control face scrub, so my face won't be so oily. But I can tell you, it's not working. It only lasts for a couple hours. 
Well, now they're Perfect. not going to sponsor us anymore. Congratulations. Oh, son of a bitch. No, I love it. It works every time. <laughs> uh, and I love having one bar of soap for like 12 months. How long did that last you? Um, Let's see. I started using it. I want to say it was August or September, early September. It, it probably went into November. Yeah, man. <laughs> like a ridiculous amount of time. It's a good bang for your buck, you know? Yeah. Yep. Although I I did just make uh I had to buy like it, it, I don't know how this happened. It was like the perfect storm. I ran out of shampoo, I ran out of toothpaste, and I ran out of deodorant like all on the same day. Oh no. And I was like trying to scrape by like <clears throat> that tube of toothpaste. I mean, whatever I had in, in the end of that tube, I was squeezing the bejesus out of it. I got like every molecule of toothpaste out of there. <laughs> And uh, so I ordered some from Amazon. And Amazon, you don't just buy, like, one tube. So I got, like, three tubes of toothpaste, three tu- three uh, bottles of shampoo, you know, uh, like, uh, uh, four things of deodorant, like, just completely stacked up. So I'll be good for uh, for at least a few months, I think. <laughs> so you have no reason to be smelly now. No, I, uh, other than my laziness. <laughs> That's my excuse. Oh, all right. Well, listen, before we get to the video games, I got a couple movies that I watched on Blu-ray I'd like to uh, I'd like to discuss because I took some notes on them. Um, so the first one I watched is from 1999. It's called Resurrection, and it's directed by Russell uh, Mulcahy, who is the director of Highlander, and it stars Christopher Lambert, who is the star of Highlander. Uh, and Mortal Kombat, of course. Um, and it's like, it's a crazy movie. It's got a couple, some other like decent cast members in it. Uh, David Cronenberg is actually in it. He plays a priest. Um, and it's got uh, Robert Joy, who, what I recognized him most from, he was in Land of the Dead. He played like that guy, Charlie, who's like the, the skinny guy, like jumping around. Um, and he was also in Amityville 3D and a, a ton of like television shows, Law and Order and all that. Um, so in the movie, Christopher Lambert is a cop. He's from New Orleans, but now he's in Chicago, I believe. I think they mentioned it once. Um, he's hot on the trail of like a serial killer and the serial killer, uh, removes limbs from its, from his victims. And he's like leaving the police clues that he's having a countdown to Easter. Um, and he's, he leaves all these biblical references and, uh, Christopher Lambert's backstory is that he's a guy who's lost his faith because his kid died. Uh, the priest is trying to get him to go back to church and he's like, I don't want to deal with it, but he still has to go talk to the priest because he needs to get information about all these biblical clues that the guy's leaving. And it's like, you know, a typical kind of police procedural, but it's fucking super violent. Like, awesome, awesome gore. Limbs being taken off, blood all over the place, guts. It's fucking fantastic. Um, It's got some good acting, good dialogue. The camera work can be a little annoying because it's like that 1999 time period where everyone thinks they're like Quentin Tarantino and they could have to make something that's like visually appealing. (laughs) Um, The setting is great. It's pouring rain in like every scene. So every every scene is like a downpour outside and they're running through the back alleys and stuff chasing a serial killer. Um, and kind of the best way I can describe it, it's like seven, but much more violent and not as polished. Like seven's a better movie, but this one, I was shocked at how much I liked it and how good it was. 
and the climax of the movie, I'm not going to spoil it. It's so fucking off the wall that, like, instantly it raised the movie at least another point or two from wherever I was going to rate it. I'm like, oh, my God. It's it's just fucking ridiculous and over the top. Uh, So I I highly recommend Resurrection. Uh, It's from Vinegar Syndrome. They put out the Blu-ray. Uh, and the, the artwork on the cover is fucking amazing. Like, you look at it, and it, it's, it looks like just a picture of Jesus on a cross. But then you actually look at it, and you see that it's not Jesus. It's a bunch of severed limbs and a head and a torso nailed to a cross. I'm like, oh, my God, this thing is fucking brutal. Um, great, great movie. So uh, I, I can't believe I never heard of it. It's one of those things that, like, I don't know. Like, how does a movie like this slip by without me knowing about it? It's so weird. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to check that out for sure. When did they put? When did Vinegar Syndrome put that out? I don't know. I I, I think I picked it up in the. Uh, oh, it might have been in the um, Black Friday sale. I don't know oh, when I see it, it came out. Yeah, Resurrection. That's some Fucking really great. cool artwork. Yeah. Yeah, like from a distance, you look at it, and you're like, all right, whatever. It's a picture of Jesus, and then you actually look at it, you're like, oh my god. <laughs> But the movie's brutal, super brutal, and super awesome. Um, so I also watched another Vinegar Syndrome movie uh, called Devil Story. This, I think, was an older release. I, I don't know if it came out this year. It might have been from a while ago. I had it on my shelf. Um, so it's a French movie um, directed by Bernard Lunois, I believe. And it's to describe this movie is like impossible. Like, it opens up with a couple that's killed by a deformed man with a knife and a Nazi uniform. And the makeup is kind of shitty. It's just a rubber mask, but and there's lots of blood. And then it cuts to the, the same mutant Nazi guy hiding behind, like, a sign. And he kills another couple that, like, gets lost. And then another couple, a blonde lady and some dude, have car troubles. And they end up, like, going to this fancy old hotel that's that's run by two old people. And the old people tell a story about a pirate ship that crashed coming back from Egypt and was never found. And now there's a witch who is somehow related to the people that got off the ship or something. And she has the deformed son and a mystery daughter no one has seen. And like they, they show this flashback, like nothing is making sense. I can't put the pieces together of what they're actually saying. And the blonde lady is woken up in the middle of the night by a horse like outside the window, like constantly jumping up and down and and neighing, making horse noises and stuff. Uh, So she goes out to investigate and the old man in the hotel grabs his shotgun to go kill the horse because apparently this horse has been pissing him off for a long time. And the horse is still going nuts. It's like out in a field and the woman's like roaming in a field and like the horse is going up and down and somehow it causes uh, the pirate ship to break out of a mountain and then, like, a mummy's sarcophagus falls out and, like, opens up and, a, and like, a mummy's, like, getting out. And then the blonde lady fights the Nazi mutant. And the magic horse kicks the Nazi. And he starts, like, bleeding and moaning for about five to ten minutes. Like, a constant stream of this guy in a rubber mask going, Oh, 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 oh. The whole time while blood's coming out of his mouth. And I'm like, what? What am I fucking watching? What is this movie? 
it gets even dumber. Like, the whole movie just keeps going on. There's another scene where he gets, like, stabbed or something. And again, he moans and gushes blood for another five to ten minutes. And then there's uh, a 20-minute segment where the old man uh, shoots his shotgun at, a, at the horse about 400 times. And, um, I don't know. <laughs> then the mummy comes around and... They're trying to bring a girl back from the dead. I have no idea what the fuck is going on. The movie's completely insane. I don't really recommend anyone watch it, but it's probably one of the crazier movies I have ever seen. Um, not, not in a good way, like in an insane way. Like, I can't believe someone made this fucking movie. It's crazy. <laughs> so that's Devil Story. I just bought Resurrection from Vinegar Syndrome. Yes. Yeah, when I posted up about it, uh, Connor Blackman said, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love that movie. It's great. And I'm like, how do people know about this movie and I don't know about it? <laughs> no one said that about Devil's Story. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, that's what I got. Um, but, yeah, let's get to our main topic. And I know, Val, you've been trying to get on here for, like, six months to get some more good video game goodness going. Yeah. And... You've been doing a ton of prep work, from what I understand, based on watching your October was insane. Oh, how I many how many horror those. games did you play, Val? None. I In just October. Posted. No. Oh, I thought you were playing all those. No. <laughs> every every <laughs> October for the month of October, I post uh, different horror games. Oh, I thought you were like, oh, I'm playing this today. And I'm like, oh my god, she's played so many games. No, I wish. I, I didn't have time. Is that oh, that, that, that I completely like, changed my mind. Of working, so mm. I had no time. Well, I'm sure you got some horror goodness to talk to us about. Always. And, uh, yeah, even though I said I was going to play horror games, I didn't. I just played Dark Souls, so I'm going to talk about Dark Souls later, but... <laughs> I had a whole plan, but I didn't. It didn't execute it. <laughs> so you want to start us off with a horror game to discuss, Val? Oh yeah, I sure can. Actually, what up right now? So I didn't get to play as much as I would have liked to. Um, I spent all of last week because I I was sick and I couldn't find COVID tests anywhere because they're sold out. Yep. So my job was like, well, you know, like until you give us like a negative, you kind of can't come in. So I was like, okay. So I spent the whole week playing Fatal Frame 5. So I guess we'll talk about that one first because I got yeah, two. Is that on the, what is that on the Switch? It's on the Switch, yeah. Because you can get it um, digitally. Because it, it was on the Wii U and you were able to get it digitally and it would be dubbed. But I don't, I don't do digital games. So when they did this one, because the um, Switch isn't region locked, I always go on Play Asia to get the Japanese games. So I got that one, and it was all in English. So I played through that. Mm-hmm. So a Fatal Frame Five, Man in the Blackwater, uh, takes place on. The Hikan Mountain, which is like a, it's famous for being a, like a suicide spot. And there's a bunch of spiritual happenings that happen there. And it's all connected through the water of the mountain. And um, they had like shrine maidens that were used to like 
like cleanse the water through rituals where they're putting a like they're they like train them up to be able to handle like a bunch of like shitty scenarios because they pretty much what I gather they like watch people go through really bad things and they're there to kind of like help them through their bad things like there was times where like while you're playing you see the shrine maiden and somebody's jumping off of a cliff and they're watching them so it's like they see a bunch of fucked up shit and then they're put in these boxes filled with black water from the mountain and essentially they're supposed to be in there as long as they can to and like the whole premise is they want to become these immortal flowers where they, they like live forever is just to appease like this black water to purify it. But a lot of them, they aren't strong willed enough because they kind of break in these boxes because they go insane because they've seen so many things and now they're left with like all of these thoughts in a black box. So they dissolve into the water to purify it. It's really messed up. So the whole thing with this one is there was a shrine maiden and she couldn't handle it like immediately because there was a bunch of uh, this guy didn't like the shrine maiden. So he went and he murdered a bunch of them and then killed himself. And she was there for that. And then she fell in love with this guy. And then instead of, you know, going off and, doing her thing with this guy and leaving the mountain, she gets put in the box and immediately she can't handle it and all this black water takes over the mountain. So basically the water corrupted the mountain to make it the suicide spot and then her spirit was, you know, it's obviously very malicious because she fucked up, but also... She had this love that left, and then he never came back for her. So you take the uh, control of three protagonists, one of which is, her name is Yuri, and she has, like, a, she can see, like, the shadow world, so she could bring people back to, like, the real world from the shadow world, because she had, like, a near-death experience where everyone in her family had died in an accident, and she was the only one to live. So after that, she started seeing people from the shadow world, which is basically like the sixth sense. And she's like that kid that sees all the ghosts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's a guy named Ren, who is a friend of Yuri's, and he wants to write a book about the mountain. So he's interested in all of the happenings going on, so you can take control of him. And then there's a girl named Mew, and she's the daughter of Miku from Fatal Frame 1 and 3, who she left Mew when she was, like, four and never came back. And by now, the girl is, like, I'm assuming late teens. I hope she's late teens because she's kind of oh. But uh, she had visions of Miku on the mountain, so she wanted to see if she could find her mom. So basically, you're these three different characters that have three different agendas, and it's just a really... It was a pretty interesting game. I wouldn't say that I liked it as much as Fatal Frame 2 because I feel like I don't like anything as much as I like Fatal Frame 2. 
But I would say it was better than Fatal Frame 1. And I I guess I'd be on par with Fatal Frame 3, because I didn't really... I didn't hate that one, but it wasn't great. And that's kind of how I felt about this, but it was just really long at some parts. And there were two levels where it was like Five Nights at Freddy's, where you have to watch a surveillance camera to make sure that you protect the girls from being attacked by ghosts while they're sleeping. And it was annoying. So yeah, that was that. <laughs> now, does it play like the other Fatal Frames? Like you have the uh, camera and everything? The camera yeah. obscura? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have the camera obscura. Yeah, it was basically the same as the other games. Mm -hmm. So, except for that, it was... The camera part was really annoying. I immediately sent Mike a message, and I was like, I'm not doing this. This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so would you recommend it for everybody? Uh, yeah, I would recommend it. It's kind of long. It took me like 15 hours to do. But then it was really simple, because I was getting like A and S ranks on a lot of the chapters. I was like, I shouldn't be breezing through these that easily to where I'm getting A and S ranks. I think I only got two B ranks out of the 15 chapters you do. And then it's weird, too, because after you beat the game, you can only play on very easy, easy, or normal. And when you beat the game, you have nightmare mode, which I'm like, why, why would we go from normal to nightmare? Where's hard? Yeah, where's hard? <laughs> easy, very easy. <laughs> Normal and nightmare. Yeah, I was like, uh, I'm way too lazy to do it on nightmare. But it was, it's a really dark game because mm. of all the suicide stuff. Like, they show the people doing the suicide. Like, people were, I sent Mike a Snapchat, I think, of a woman falling down a mountain and, like, splatting on the ground. They yeah, have you, like this girl that. that, yeah. They have a girl that slits her like throat. I was just like, "Holy shit!" They're one of the ghosts that you fight. She's literally hanging from a rope the whole fight, and you can hear the rope swinging. And I was like, "This is fucked up." <laughs> that is fucked up. I so, feel like the other ones were always like, you know, a, a girl that's killed by her abusive husband or something. Yeah. So I would say I would recommend it, but if you had someone who had committed suicide, it's a little hard. Gotcha. Gotcha. And it's only on the Switch, right? Well, I know you said the Wii U, but no one's playing that. No, it's on the PS4. And oh, is I think it? Mike said it was on... Didn't you say it was on Xbox, Mike? Yeah, supposedly. I think it's coming to Xbox, or it's on Xbox. Oh. Yeah, I know PlayAsia has it on PS4 and Switch. So. I just feel like that would be perfect on the Switch. Because <clears throat> I'm sure you could use, like, the camera controls. Like, you know, the, the motion controls. Oh, I turned that off. Oh, I feel like that would be perfect on there. Oh, I love doing was that. Oh, insane when I did it. Because it starts you off like that. So I was holding yeah. the controller and it was, like, like everywhere. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Can I turn these off? Like, Skyward Sword was okay with the motion controls, this not so much. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Alright, well, Mike, do you have a uh, horror-related game or any other game you wanted to talk about? 
I do. I'm going to talk about Resident Evil 8. Mm. So, uh, forewarning, if you haven't played Resident Evil 7, there are going to be some spoilers. Not that much. I made sure not to talk too much about the story of 7. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just warning, yeah. Because this takes place three years after Resident Evil 7. So, um, if you're familiar with that, then you know of Ethan and Mia... And based off that story, Ethan and Mia have been relocated to Europe to start a new life with their newborn daughter, Rosemary. Uh, One night, Chris Redfield storms the house and assassinates Mia right in front of Ethan. Then they abduct Rosemary and Ethan. So after some time, Ethan wakes up to find his transport truck has crashed and ends up in a small village terrorized by werewolves. Uh, Ethan gets captured and is brought before Mother Miranda and her four lords. And those lords are Lady Dimitrescu, Donna Beneviento, uh, Moreau, and Heisenberg. Um, Ethan escapes and starts the adventure of trying to save Rosemary, who is still missing. Um, and he gets help from a mysterious merchant named the Duke. Uh, now, this Resident Evil game wouldn't be Resident Evil if it didn't have its crafting system and inventory management. Uh, you still save at typewriters, you craft health and ammo, and have to fit them in a Tetris-like way in your inventory. Uh, while... This can get frustrating. I like the fact that Capcom still holds on to that, like that old school style. Uh, even in the much more action-oriented games like Five, that inventory management's still there. Although there isn't as much ammo and health in this game than there was in the past. Um, this is very much a survival horror game from start to finish. Uh, there are different difficulties <coughs> to make your experience much more or less difficult. But even on the easiest difficulty, my anxiety was up and running the entire time. Uh, it's similar to Resident Evil 7, where you, you're getting chased the entire time. While the Baker family chased you in 7, the Lords will chase you in 8. Uh, you may have to run past them and open a door, hoping that they don't take a swing at you. While this spiked my anxiety, this is not new to survival horror games. Uh, this imitates games like Clock Tower and Haunting Ground, which had people chasing you that you couldn't do shit about, unless you're fighting them in their appropriate boss battles. You can slow them down, definitely, but you can't like defeat them. Uh, you just had to hide and get around while they tried looking for you. It adds a fantastic level of suspense and keeps you on your toes, even with the easier difficulties. Um, the Lord boss battles are nothing to scoff at either. They often have different phases and can have you fight in smaller areas, making you scramble to get some footing. Uh, each battle takes place in a different area, and the world itself is insanely beautiful. Probably one of my favorite settings in a video game to date. Uh, the village itself seems small to me during the trailers and such. But where you go makes it so much more mysterious and fun. I love the fact that the cutscenes and gameplay are almost in tandem now. In one part, Ethan's looking through a window at Lady Demetresk, and it just immediately goes into gameplay. It gives the player that feeling that anything can happen at any time. Whereas old games, it's pretty clear when there's a cutscene coming. Uh, The Duke helps immensely with this game. He's just as mysterious as the Lords and is a bulbing fat mess who pops up from time to time in different areas. He's in a stagecoach and has various things for sale throughout the game. There even is a fun little Easter egg connecting the story to Resident Evil 4 and a couple lines of dialogue. Uh, He'll have various item upgrades and you can sell things to him for coin that will help you on your journey. He's one of my favorite aspects of the game just because of how mysterious he was the entire time. You're not really sure if he's with you or plotting against you. Although there are snippets of story that you could pick up and read like in old school Resident Evil fashion. that expands on his lore and his uh, 
Goals. Um, this is probably my favorite Resident Evil game. I'm a huge fan of Five, but the way this game pushed me and tested my anxiety had me going through a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, a lot of time, Val would sit there and say, get to the next area or just finish this part up. And I'm glad she did, because this game wasn't that scary, and I was kind of winding myself up for no reason. Uh, it's a horror game, definitely, but there weren't any cheap moments where something would just like pop up. There is a section where you're running through a house and you can hear a baby crying that I don't want to spoil. Uh, that kind of fucked me up uh, while playing, and I think I quit the, quit shortly after for that day. Uh, but after seeing what was happening, it was super cool. Uh, the way this game, like, paints itself is gorgeous. Uh, the gameplay can be frustrating when you're first starting out, but as you get various upgrades and new weapons pop up, the game just becomes super fun. All the boss battles are a complete blast, and the story is fantastic. It definitely had moments I was not expecting, and I really hope Capcom comes out with some DLC soon. Playing this on the PS5 is a visual treat. It's definitely one of the better-looking games I've ever played. If this is like part of a new trilogy, then I'm highly anticipating Resident Evil 9, as I feel Capcom recovered nicely after the letdown that was 6. Uh, it's really great how they come back from that hardcore action flops that a lot of people didn't like. This They possibly made one of the best survival horror games I've ever played. So I, I love this game. It's super wow. fun. I've been meaning to go back to it. After beating it, I got unlimited ammo for the shotgun, so I've been trying to scratch my way back to it but yeah it's awesome wow that sounds great it's your favorite uh survival horror game and you've only played like three (laughs) yeah well i played like yeah i played a few but you know the reason why i like those survival horror games so much like dead space series and you know like this was because it really focused on atmosphere and it really spooked me out like, this game is so gorgeous. Some of those boss areas, like the Lord areas, are just done so well that I was more interested than I was, you know, freaked out. Except that, that part with the baby crying. You know what I'm yeah. talking about, Valerie. right? I know what you're talking about. That was my favorite part of the game. Oh, it was, it was amazing. That was, to me, that was the only area that was spooky. Yeah. I would say that that was more of an action game than horror, but I still liked it enough. But I'm nitpicky. Yeah, like to I'm the not- like elitists, you know, it's 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 heavy on action for sure. But and when I'm playing it, I see it as a survival horror game, probably because I don't play them as much. So, so where would you rank eight, Val? Do you think it's as good as the others? No. I say it's better than six, but I preferred seven to eight for sure. Is eight uh, like seven first person? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I literally haven't seen anything on Resident Evil 8. Oh, I assumed that you would have played it too. I don't play video games, Val. Oh, uh, Dark Souls 3. <laughs> Hello. Well, only FromSoft games. Yeah. This last year, I've only played FromSoft games, I think. Yeah, this is yeah. uh this is first person and it's just you now. Yeah, it's just you. I mean, I, I liked seven, but the ending of seven, like the last like area you're in, I wasn't really digging too much. I thought it was like it had some good atmosphere to it, but it was kinda you're you know, you're in like one area the whole game and then all of a sudden you're in this different one. I was like, eh. But in eight, I felt like it was more 
the story was more together. I thought the whole game made sense, whereas Seven made sense like three quarters of it only. And Mike, I I noticed you hadn't brought up um, how sexy the large vampire lady was. (laughs) Of course, dude. She's like nine feet tall. She's stacked. (laughs) Her daughters are all are all hot because she's got daughters in them. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, there's so many carried off. Oh, absolutely. You are kind of carried off in there. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I got to play the Resident Evils at some point. Maybe I'll start playing them this year. Yeah, it kind of it's kind of different because 7 was like, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's this thing that's controlling people in 7. And then in 8, you know, you don't get zombies really anymore you know it's it's werewolves and you've got like vampires and dude it's just it's they're really pushing the boundaries of where resident evil is going just from what i've watched val play and they're really you know they're knocking it out of the park and they're like resident evil is always you know zombies all the movies now zombies zombies Mm -hmm. zombies you know now they're adding in all these different elements to it which is awesome I think I think it's really cool that they're like getting away from it, but still making these insanely great games. Yeah, yeah, I think it's smart to sort of spread out a little bit and not do the same thing every single time. Yeah. Shut up. What? What did you say? Shut up. No, I said spice it up. Oh. Oh. I thought you said shut up too. Val wants the same game every time. No. No. I I didn't mind the vampire werewolf thing, except those werewolves sometimes are pee in the ass. Oh, they, in the beginning, that almost put me off for the whole game, but that's why I said and that. Then Mike, and then Mike changed it to easy. Yeah, immediately. Immediately. Yeah, you you left that part out. There's no shame in that, except for the great shame it brings upon you and your family. Yeah, I mean, I have no shame in it. I don't really care. I, I like, try to play games to chill out and relax, and I knew this game was going to give me some trouble. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm past the point in my life where I need to play something on the hardest difficulty. It's, I'm not doing that. I'll do it if I really love the game. Like, as I get upgrades to Resident Evil 8, I'll play it on harder and harder. But I get too frustrated, and I was like, what am I even doing? <laughs> I hate playing this game. <laughs> Why am I doing it? All right, uh, before we carry on, guys, I do have to take a leak. I drank, like, a whole thing of water and then a seltzer and then a half another seltzer, which was a mistake. So I got to do. I gotta have a quick squirt before we continue on. Take your time. All right, be right back. I'm eating uh, Target (laughs) cashews, sweetened mango, white chocolate chips, mini orange flavored candy cups, orange flavored dried sweetened cranberries, and vanilla cream almonds. Yeah. I can't wait to eat pizza later. Well. Been thinking about it this whole time. like oh yeah i'm gonna get ready right after this and then i'll head over yeah i'm gonna take a shower after this 
My hair is greasy, as previously stated. Brian's going to listen to us talk, and he's going to think we're so boring. I think he always he listens to it and every time he has to go pee. <laughs> he's like, what are they going to say about me? <laughs> <laughs> he actually didn't leave anywhere. He's just listening to us. He's like, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, is it Shadow? No, I heard someone over by you or Ryan. No, absolutely not. That wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. Ryan's house is haunted. Ooh. It's true. It's probably from all the people I murdered and buried in my basement. Yeah, probably. We don't want to put them I just saw there is what I believe to be a bug on the inside of this glass that I was drinking from. Ooh. Yeah. Protein. Great. Is that a bug? You're patient zero oh, yeah. for a new disease now. That's absolutely a bug. Oh, it's smashed into the side. God damn it. Great. <laughs> Just what I needed. All right, so where were we? Uh, do you want to talk about Dark Souls, or do you want us to keep talking about horror games? <laughs> I'll go over Dark Souls <laughs> relatively quick. I'm not going to do all of them. I'll just do the first one. Um, there are some horror elements to Dark Souls, but it's definitely not a horror game whatsoever. Um, so if you haven't played Dark Souls, it's uh, Dark Souls is actually a successor to Demon's Souls. Um, that's the only like From Software Souls game I have not played. Um, I'm, I guess I'm waiting to get a PS5 so I could get that like redone version, but, uh, I'm still in no rush to get one of those. So, um, yeah, Dark Souls, the basic plot is you are a chosen undead and, uh, you're out to fulfill a prophecy of, uh, completing the cycle of either reigniting or extinguishing what they call the first flame that will either eliminate the undead curse or end the world. Um, so to accomplish this, you have to fulfill a bunch of tasks, including ringing two bells, collecting souls of various gods, monsters, demons, dragons, warriors, and make your way all the way up to the guardian of the first flame, Lord Gwyn, and, uh, taking him down. Um, the sort of background story is that this Gwyn had teamed up with a bunch of, uh, badass monsters and gods and stuff uh, to kill off a race of dragons that were ruling the world. And uh, once he was able to do that, uh, they could reshape the world. And uh, eventually, they don't really specify timeline-wise like how long it was after uh, they took over, but the undead curse started to happen and people didn't just die, they just started coming back and uh, and continuing. Um the gameplay, you're running around killing uh, hollowed undead, and hollowed just means that they've lost their minds and are basically zombies. Um, and if you fail the game, like, give up, then you become hollowed. Like, you just, you know, stop having sentience and you become one of these zombie things. Um, and uh, you spend the game collecting souls of the monsters and the enemies that you kill, and your, the souls are your currency uh, that you use to buy weapons, materials, level up your stats... And, um, 
you know, you, you sort of pick your starting class to decide how you want to play the game. It's uh, it's similar sort of to like Bloodborne where your starting class, you can kind of go any direction you want in terms of like, oh, I want to be like a big burly melee fighter or I want to be like a wizard with like a staff and stuff. But your starting class sort of sends you, it, you already sort of set up for whichever path you want to go down. Um, the game is kind of punishing in the fact that you, it's not easy really to like level up. You can't really, you don't really want to waste your levels on something. So if you're like, oh, I kind of want to play around with like magic, there's like, you have to put a lot of your levels into certain stats. And then you're like, oh, fuck, I wasted all those levels. What I really want is to, you know, do uh, uh, strength or something. So you kind of have to have an idea of where you want your build to go before you even start playing the game. Uh, the gameplay itself, if you've played any From Software game, I know we talked about uh, Bloodborne in the past. Um, you're just a lone character, and you're fighting everything. It's a third-person game, and uh, you can lock onto enemies, so you don't have to constantly move the camera, and there are advantages and disadvantages to locking on. And, uh, you know, you swing your axe, you throw weapons you use magic you do whatever you got to do to take uh, the bad guys out and the bosses are basically the entire point of playing the game um some of them are just gigantic taking up the entire screen some of them are you know slightly larger than normal humanoid sizes um some of them are just like they look like regular characters that you, you meet in the game um, but they're all super interesting. A lot of them have like different tactics. You can find out either by constantly dying over and over and trying to get, uh, trying to get back to the boss or by, uh, cheating and looking online and seeing how to actually beat them. Um, the, uh, the difficulty is something that like everyone makes a big deal out of. And anytime there's like a hard game, it's now always called like, oh, this is, this is like the Dark Souls of racing games or something like that. Like they, they use Dark Souls as an adjective basically to describe something that's difficult. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily um, as difficult as everyone makes it out to be. Uh, it is tough. You will die a ton of times, especially if it's your first playthrough. Um, but you can always go back to where you were and pick your souls back up unless you do something stupid and you know, get killed again, and then you lose all those souls you had, and you're really pissed off. But, um, it's, it's not, like, unsurmountable levels of difficulty. It's just, like, you have to keep, like, trying and paying attention. And I think that's where the game sort of works the best. Like, you once you learn a way to, like, make it through an area, you rarely will die the same way. Like, okay, now I know how to do this part. And you get to another part, you die a million times, and you're like, okay, now I know how to do this part, and you can make it through. Which I think is where the replayability factor of uh, of all these games, especially Dark Souls 1, comes in. Like, as soon as you finish the game, like, I don't know, I'd, I'd have to go look. I, th I think my first playthrough was probably somewhere along the lines of, like, I don't know, I'm going to say 29 hours. Um, maybe it was more, maybe it was less. Um, but, like, after that, your second playthrough is going to be, like, eight hours like you're gonna blow through it much faster and then your next playthrough like there's guys that use like speed running tricks and shit and they could beat the game in like 30 minutes it's crazy um 
But uh, but yeah, it's it's the game's super enjoyable. A lot of replayability. Uh, you want to keep going back and trying different methods. Like the first time I went through, I played as just like pure strength melee, using like a huge sword and smashing things with it. And like the next time, I'm like, oh, I kind of want to do like spells and shit. So it makes you want to go back and try different methods of beating the game. Um, you could also continue your same character and go through multiple playthroughs, and the game gets harder and but gives you better rewards in terms of like armor and um, magic rings and stuff. So the game is it's got like a heavy fantasy background where you're going through castles uh, and dungeons and stuff, and you're fighting dragons and and other enemies. But there's some there's some horror type things put in there. You know, you if they go to an undead crypt and you fight this giant mass of like bodies essentially put together. Um, there's uh, there's some dark areas that you, you like need to carry around a torch to see where you're going. And um, I think Mike's that one. What's that? Uh, the guy that was all pieced together, and for the life of me, I don't remember his name. Nito. Grave Lord Nito. Yeah. Grave Lord Nito. Uh, yeah, and and, the, and speaking of that, like, the enemies, they stick in your head, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, there's, like, you know exactly what people are talking about when they're talking about certain ones. Like, oh, how far did you get? Oh, I got stuck on so-and-so. And, of course, the most famous ones are Ornstein and Smo. Val, I'm sure oh. you're familiar with them. No, of course not. Not that I was <laughs> stuck on them for many, many hours or anything angrily. <clears throat> Is that the, the two see? the two bosses? Yeah. Yeah, that like I don't play Dark Souls, but that music and that was top notch. Oh, the mu- every game has fantastic music. All, all oh, three yeah. of the Dark Souls games, they're all awesome, and each boss has its own theme, which is pretty fucking cool. And that's like usually the only Quinn. time you hear music is during the bosses. Quinn's really good. The last yeah, yeah. boss. Oh, the music for that! I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> The only disappointing thing I found was that by the time I got to Gwyn, I fucking rocked him first shot. Like, did die, and I was like, oh. Like, it's almost disappointing that I didn't struggle on the last boss, you know what I mean? I got gypped the first time, but when I went back the second time, I got him. And I felt stupid because I did all of Solaire's storyline, so I could have summoned him at the end. Totally forgot. Oh. And yeah, I, was I, like, I rarely oh, did summons the first time I played it. Well, I never think of doing the whole undead thing where you take the stuff to make you not undead. I always right. forgot to do that. It's not like yeah, me too. Bloodborne where it's like, oh, hey, there's a thing. Yeah, I'll use an insight. I don't care. I've got 99 of them. What do I need 99 <laughs> insights for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's always plenty more insight in Bloodborne. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, I fe- I fell in love with the uh, the Dark Souls games. Uh, Bloodborne was like my first one, so mm-hmm. I I feel like and like there's like all kinds of videos on um ideas behind Bloodborne and Dark Souls and whatever. But I feel like playing Bloodborne first um made the my playthroughs of uh, Dark Souls much easier. Because, like, I didn't have to, like, learn, you know, to roll and dodge. Like, I rarely used a shield. I would only use a shield to parry. And I would just roll through attacks, which makes the game, 
I'm not going to say easier, but you're not just standing there holding the shield blocking. You're like actively doing stuff like Bloodborne. It makes it, it makes the game faster, I think. What and, do you uh, think of Dark Souls 2? So 2 gets a bad rap. And I will say I like 2 the least out of the three Dark Souls. But I don't think it's bad. I still put in a lot of time in it. Some of the bosses are good. Dark Souls 2 probably has some of the best and worst bosses in the whole series. Like, it's got its highs and lows in that uh, some of the bosses are just fucking complete trash, and some of them are excellent. Um, I liked it, and I probably will go back to 2. 2 I only played through one time. I didn't go back and do multiple runs on 2. And I actually I didn't do the DLC on 2 either. So no. I, pr- I probably should go back and, and give that a shot. Um, I see. I did not get far. I just, I didn't like how different it was. The music wasn't as good. And it, not that any of them are exactly linear, but every time I went one way, it was like, oh no, you shouldn't go that way because that's like super hard that way. I was like, whatever. Okay, I'm done. I'm going to do Dark Souls 3 eventually instead. Yeah, you don't need to. Bioshock 2, Dark Souls 2. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. The ones out. Yeah, you don't. The games you don't need to play them in any order. You could go. You could play any of them at any time, really. Yeah. Um. So three, I ended up loving. You haven't played three? No, I haven't played three yet. The thing I love the most about three is since it came out after Bloodborne, it has the speed of Bloodborne. So yeah, like that's both, what. I heard. Yeah, both one and two are like a little bit slower, and you're like, eh, it kind of feels like I'm walking through mud. But like three is just as fast as Bloodborne, and if uh, there's even there's like the the mods in the PC community are fucking crazy. There's um, one guy modded um, Dark Souls three to be able to use Bloodborne's weapons and and Bloodborne's movements because there's some slightly different movements in it. But like yeah. the guy basically just built it, so he's like, yeah, you could play it as Bloodborne, like the same way. It's pretty pretty cool shit on the uh, the modding scene they have on there. See, I would like that because I love yeah. Bloodborne's mechanics. I think it was fantastic. Mm. And it was like going from that to Dark Souls 1. I was like, this is this is going to take me a little while to get used yeah. to. <laughs> it feels like a step back, right? Yeah, but I, I didn't hate it. So that was cool, too, because, you know, sometimes you play like the newer games and then you go back to the old games and you're like... This is, like, unplayable for me because, you know, I'm just used to the new way. It's like that, I was like, it took me, like, a little, like, maybe an hour to just kind of get back into the swing of things with that. But I didn't hate it. I was just like, okay, just learning curve. I got this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and in Dark Souls 1, once you figure out how to parry, you're like, oh, okay, I could basically beat, like, every knight that comes across my way now. Once Mm -hmm. you figure that out. So that's, uh... It's good, yeah. I love them. I love the games. Uh, I recommend them now to a- to anyone to play. I was hesitant on playing Dark Souls because I wasn't big on the setting. I'm not like a fantasy type guy. Like I don't really, you know, the whole castles and dragons and shit. I'm like, ugh, who cares? But that's why Bloodborne. I was like, oh, I have to play this. It's like a Lovecraft game. Mm-hmm. Um, but then going back to Dark Souls, I'm like, oh, I I kind of appreciate it now, and like I. Not the I get super into the fantasy stuff, but I'm like, okay, I like 
the gameplay so much that it doesn't really matter what it's about, which is kind of the funny thing about the story is that to really figure out the story, you'd have to read like all the descriptions of the items and stuff. Cause there's nobody like, they don't spell the story out for you. They give you like just a very basic, like you need to go here and do this. And that's sort of it to get like the background of the details. There's like a lot of world building that's put into like, you know, item descriptions and talking to, you know, non-player characters and stuff. So it's, um, it's interesting the way they do that. And it makes you really want to like dig into the background. And there's like, a hundred billion hours of lore videos for for Dark Souls on the internet. I've and, watched uh, many of the Bloodborne ones because mm. there's a guy that does really good videos, and I always watch his. Vati. Yeah. Yeah, he's the best, <laughs> and he has such a soothing voice. Yeah, he does. There's I I was actually now my my YouTube stream. Um, stream is like full of like dumb dark souls shit just because i've been watching videos and stuff and one i saw one this morning and it said like four hours of dark souls lore to fall asleep to i'm like what and you're like but i could do this though <laughs> you know i have a need of a nap right now yeah right i think i'm gonna listen to some dark souls lore so i could go to sleep <laughs> that's kind of a negative thing i think so, did did you play uh, Demon Souls? Um, I started it, but then other stuff happened, and it's like I just I didn't have time to play. Yeah, yeah. But I, I know that I did as much as I could in the first area, and I did quite a bit of the second area. I need to go back to it. I hear it's not super long, and I hear that it's way easier on the ps5 than it was on the ps3 i've heard a lot of people say that um the ps5 one is the easiest of the Soulsborne games really? it's like that, that. Then bloodborne and then i don't i don't remember what the rest of it is but i was like oh well, that's interesting mm. so now i have to do it I'm just yeah, lazy yeah, so that's my my Dark Souls rant. Uh, someday I could talk about the other ones, but um, yeah, it's awesome. Did you go play them? Did you see on uh, Instagram that I got the Kingsfield games? I did see that. I've watched video of the Kingsfield games, and they look horrible. <laughs> I had to get them. I was like, from software, and it was basically like kind of how Demon's Souls got its start. I was like, well, I yeah. have to get it. Apparently, I'm Did missing you... one. I was really pissed off about that. Oh, because they, they renamed one? Well, there's one through three, and then the PS2 one, which I thought that the PS2 one was the third one. Mm. God damn it. I have to find another one. Have you played them at all? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, they, it, it looks rough, man. I've watched some videos online. I'm like, I don't think I could play this. <laughs> I might have started one of them. I think I started one of them. I don't remember. I remember I started a game recently, and I only mm -hmm. played it for about five minutes, and I was like, oh, I can't do this. Man, I wish I remember what the hell it was. I was really excited to play it, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I'll figure it out.
eventually. Well, that's what I got. Um, Valley, I'm sure you got more uh, horror games to talk about, right? I always have horror games to talk about. Of course. <laughs> um, I had played another game that came out last year called In Sound Mind. And it was interesting, to say the least. It's a psychological horror game. So you're a psychologist, and you've had all of these people um, that have come in to talk to you about like how they feel and whatever. But a lot of it was like, um, like they had all these like weird issues that you tried talking them through and then they all like eventually die in some really like horrible way so now the um psychologist which his name was desmond he's in his own head because he's upset that he couldn't help these people so every level that you do like you have a cat that's in like your little office and she talks to you and she'll tell you like oh you know you should see how like you know so and so is doing or you know do you ever think about this or that and it's really it's odd but like you basically go around this building and you find doors that lead to an empty area where you're basically walking around and you're finding like these tape recorders and you play them and each level is like the own person where you could hear like the conversations that they had with the psychologist before, you know, they ended up dying. And it, it was really, it was an interesting game because you fight them at the end of their levels and then you figure out like what went wrong with like their mind and it kind of like eases his because then he knows what's you know going on exactly i don't know it was a really interesting game i didn't beat it i know i got really far but it was it was one of those things where i was waiting for it to be done and it wasn't mm-hmm. so yeah so what's the game that what's was that like? one like uh the gameplay it's like a first person game mm-hmm um, I don't really remember much. It's been a while since I played it. Because <laughs> I played it when I first got it, and I was all stoked to play, and then I didn't finish it. And then I bought, like, a whole bunch of other games for it. But it's, like, a survival horror. There's a bunch of puzzles. Oh, it was interesting. I guess it's more like a puzzle game. It's more like a puzzle game. That's not bad, though. What's that one? Um, oh, man, I can't think of it. It's a first-person one. Um, shit, I think they made a couple of them. Uh, I'm having a brain fart. I think I have it on Steam, and I cannot remember the name of it now. Uh, but it's it's like uh, it's a big puzzle-solving thing. And, like You don't even have any weapons. You have to just like go around. You can't like fight off the bad guys. And it's super spooky. What the hell's the name of that game? Shit. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to go look it up. 
Oh, I don't have my. my is it? I'm, I'm using the wrong computer. Or is it uh, Amnesia. I think that's the name of it. Oh yeah, I I tried playing that because they had a sale on uh, Switch, and they had I think one and two on sale. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh yeah, I played them. Oh, I started playing it, and the way that the camera moves, I got so sick. Yeah. Yeah, I think I only played it for I a was little like, bit. I remember it being interesting like that, though. Like, it was like puzzles, and you're trying to, you know, figure out what's going on. And there's, like, something chasing you. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, everybody always talks about how good it is, but I couldn't uh, get past the, the camera. Yeah. How about you, Mike? Got any other games or any insights? Uh, I do. I've got uh, Back for Blood that I played. Ooh, Back for Blood. Yep. Uh, sorry, I was cracking my back again. So, uh, Back for Blood was developed by Turtle Rock Studios and was advertised as a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead. Uh, it was created by some members of the team that developed Left 4 Dead, and it shows. Uh, if you played that game, then you know what you're in for at Back for Blood. This is mainly a co-op game with an AI system called the Game Director, which dynamically modifies the environment and its placement of enemies, items, and other obstacles in response to what the player does. So you join a team of a post-apocalyptic survivors called the Cleaners. you got to fight through levels that have hordes of zombies called the Ridden. A new feature to these games is the card system. So at the start of each level, you need to build a deck with cards that gives modifiers like health, damage, and stamina. The AI system will also put out corruption cards that work against the player, giving modifiers to the zombies. There's also a PvP area called the Swarm, where four players assume the role of the survivors and four assume the role of the zombies, and special infected. Uh, the story itself is pretty whatever. Each level has you trying to escape this certain situation. Uh, you'll be running through towns, forest areas, and some city levels. It's pretty standard as you go from place to place to the next while zombies are running at you. Uh, You definitely need a solid team to get through certain situations. The game does not do a good job of telling you what you need to do. This didn't help a few weeks ago either, uh, because before this recording, at least, all you could do is play online. There wasn't really a single player that you could dive into on your own. You had to hop in with other people. Uh, This has since been patched out, and now you can play with a buddy and on your own if you wish. Uh, also, speaking of patches, the zombie system is completely against you in every worst possible way. Uh, the difficulty, even on the easiest setting, is hard as fuck. Uh, the special zombies, like boomers, witches, and such, spawn way too much. While fighting a horde, it's not rare to find a few different special zombies at a time. Uh, this was such a problem that Turtle Rock said that they were going to patch it out to be more <laughs> forgiving. And this isn't like a, oh, it's too hard, I need help type situation it was ridiculous how difficult it was and you can only play in the easiest difficulty at first once you beat it then you unlock normal and then harder difficulties uh so uh, it took my buddy and me a couple months to beat the game we played around one day a week um and there were times where we couldn't beat a level without really solid people playing with us also this doesn't have any local co-op either so i had to go to his house with my series x He had to bust out another TV, and I had to join his game. Uh, It was like an old-school LAN-type situation. Because of this, I could join his game, and he could join mine. We were allowed to play with only two other AI people, since the game wouldn't let you have a single-player-type situation. But since I joined his game, it was cool with it. 
Uh, there were times where we got some really good people to play with, and other times there were your typical idiots that didn't know what the hell they were doing, uh, which I don't blame them for because the game would sometimes throw you in these situations where it wouldn't give you any information on what to do. We had to sometimes rely on other people who played it previously to basically run through the level. Uh, I've not played the game since the difficulty patch, which I'm not sure if it even hit console yet, uh, but we definitely want to go back and keep going. Um, all the bitching that I did, we did have some fun with it. The card system's kind of neat. I have my faults with it, but building a deck to your playstyle adds a cool level of depth to an otherwise simple game. Uh, like, my deck consists of physical weapons like axes or baseball bats, and I receive health when I make contact with a zombie. Uh, there were times where we got some funny people to play with and had a great night. Other times we had shitty people where they would just run away or just straight up quit during the middle. I'm glad they patched that out because it was stupid to add that to begin with. Overall, I mean, if you like Left 4 Dead, you'll probably enjoy this. My buddy and I put in about 100 hours into Left 4 Dead 2, and we were very excited for this. It didn't really disappoint, but there are many features that can be approved on. Um, yeah, so if, if you like those Left 4 Dead games, then this game is not totally different than those, but there's a lot to be desired. Uh, there are certain times where the, the current objective is to uh, blow something up or kill a certain thing, and you don't know where to go. It doesn't tell you what you need to... It'll tell you, like, blow up gas canisters. And you have to, like, really find these gas canisters. And you may say to yourself, well, that's, like, standard video game, you know, logic. But the entire time, all, at the time that I played it, all these special infected would keep coming. Like, a boomer would uh, uh, blow his juice on you. And then another special would come in out of the blue, and then another horde would come, because you got the mm, boomer geez. juice. And then another special would come, and then another special. It would just be over overkill, and like people would constantly quit. And you know, then you combine that with them not knowing what to do, and you're like, what the fuck? So there were some days where my buddy and I were making good progress, and other days where it's just like, you can't do anything. And it has this weird... Um, I would say feature, but so like if you're playing, if my buddy and I were playing and we had a game where we're playing with two other people, if you go back and you try to quick start from where you came from, Xbox or PlayStation is going to try to find that game with those two other people that you oh. played with. So it would keep like searching and searching and searching for a game, but it didn't say it was looking for those two other people. It would just be searching for a game. So then you would have to create a new run almost every single time where it would start you off of like the chapter that you were just at, but it would be with other people. So we're pretty excited to play it again, but with the, the difficulty a little more adjusted and then us just playing instead of relying on these. Some of these people are just fucking awful. And I don't talk much when I'm playing on multiplayer, but I did have my headphones on. And I was, like, listening to what the people were saying. And the one time, uh, my buddy Luke, he, he went down. And I saved him. And I was like, fuck it, dude. Let's just bolt. And we bolted for the, the end. Because these people sucked. They were so bad. Because as long as one person makes it, you can keep playing. 
So I just bolted it to the end with them. And then, like, these people were, like, complaining about him and me playing. So then I hopped up on the, the microphone. Like, hey, I'm like, we can't babysit you the whole time. And then they just, like, shut up. And then, like, at the end of it, we were, like, goofing around and such. So it's just, like, I really don't like playing those toxic multiplayer games. But this did have its moments. So. Yeah. That takes me back to the uh, Left for Dead days. Did he get paired up on some team with a bunch of assholes? Nothing, I'll say nothing yeah. is worse than Overwatch. The people on Overwatch are the worst. I never uh, played that. I mean, that. the game is fun, but like, yeah, it's not fun when you have to play with the people that are on it. So. Oh, God, yeah. I can only imagine. Wow. See, I do it on Switch, so I don't have to hear people. Back for Bloods on Switch? No, oh. Overwatch. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering why it got so quiet. I was I'm like, uh, am I not allowed to play Overwatch? <laughs> oh, I just picked up the bug glass. I almost took a drink from it. I have it. Oh, my like, God. I'm thirsty. Let me get a drink. Uh-oh, that's the bug. Oh, cool. Oh, you know what I forgot to bring up that I have a note on here? Did you guys see there's a trailer for Alan Wake 2? Yes. That, um, I'm I heard about it. partially excited, but I'm also very hesitant. So I'm like, what's it been, like, 14 years since fucking Alan Wake came out? And they're putting out part two now? It's yeah. It's like, huh? I don't know. A little too much time maybe passed between those two. It's supposedly supposed to be survival horror and all that. So, I'm pretty optimistic. I started, I got through like a quarter of Alan Wake before my, I just stopped playing it. Yeah, I. But I, it'd be cool to see where I it goes. Through, I think I played the game twice. And uh, it's awesome. I love Alan Wake. I, uh, I just wanted more of it. Except it has one of the worst DLCs I've ever played. Um, America, what is it? Yeah, oh, American, American Nightmare. Nightmare. Oh, horrible. Just redoing hmm. the same level like five times in a row although they change like the location of one thing and you're like oh i hate this fucking <laughs> i hate this game like the first time you go through it you're like oh cool and then like you're back at the beginning and you're like wait i just did this okay let me do it again okay the dialogue is changing and i just have to keep doing it until it ends what the fuck garbage okay oh, absolute garbage um but yeah, is there any other uh, games coming out this year, Val? You got your eyes on? Just Elden Ring oh, for okay. now. I've been trying not to buy as many Smart. games. Keyword trying. Yeah. How- There's uh, that new Bethesda game coming out for uh, Xbox. I forget the name of it. Is it like a Skyrim type game? Yeah, it's going to be the next... Um, no, it's called Starfield. Oh. But it's going to be like, you know, it's like their new story-based game. It's going to be like Fallout and Skyrim and shit like that. So I'm pretty excited for that. And then the new, uh, the next Elder Scrolls was announced too. I doubt that's coming out this year, but. No, probably not. probably got another dozen versions of Skyrim to release before that. Yeah. There were some games that I was excited for, but I can't think of it right now. Yeah, I can't think of anything right now either. Yeah, I played uh I played and beat like twenty games wow. this year. 
21, I beat. I only did like 15. I thought you got more than me. No. Let me look. Uh, 19. Oh. Yeah, I beat uh, Gears of War Ultimate, Persona 5 Royal, Donut County, Halo 4, Halo, Gears of War 2, Gears of War 3, Gears of War Judgment, AC Valhalla, Halo 2, Destroy All Humans Remake, Resident Evil 8, Raving Rabbids, uh, Home Quest, which is a, a mobile game, which is fun, Mass Effect, The Ascent, Gears of War 4, Hades, Click Apocalypse 2, which was a mobile game, uh, Katamari, Domacy Reroll, and Back for Blood. Wow. You said Halo 2? Did we do Halo 2 last year? I did not say Halo 2. Yeah, you did. No, I don't have it written down. Oh, yeah, I do. I did say <laughs> no, Halo 2, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we beat Halo 2 last year. So that means that we did 3 and ODST last year then. We did not do ODST. Oh, Halo 2. That was the one that we couldn't beat because it was... It was too goddamn difficult. It was hard. Okay, I didn't... Okay, I, I beat 20 games. I Halo 2 is probably the hardest game I've probably beaten. You yelled at me a lot. You yelled at me a lot. Because you yelled at me first. You yelled at you me worse. You don't even play. <laughs> you didn't like the fact that I run out and... Attempt to kill everything and then well, die immediately. I normally wouldn't mind. <laughs> I normally wouldn't mind, but I don't know if anyone has played Halo 2 Legendary. But Halo 2 Legendary, if you're playing with somebody on couch co-op and they die, you have to start back from the last checkpoint. You can't just excited. like you can't just like go and revive them, or they don't like you know come back uh, after a certain amount of time. War. What? I said, bro, this ain't Gears of War. Oh, I know. So it's it was very. It took Val and I. How long did it take us to beat that? Uh, many many months. Halo two, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, legendary. Yeah. yeah, because like I said, if one person dies, you start back from the last checkpoint, and sometimes it would screw you over, and it would search you back out from two checkpoints oh, ago. Bastards. We came across yeah. that a couple times. That was For, annoying. Like, that was horrible. So, yeah, Halo 2 was... I mean, dude, you would just, like, step out on a ledge and you'd get sniped from some fucking AI across the map. And you're like, what? At at that point, you just look at your partner and laugh. Because, like, what can you do? Mm. I think maybe I might have beat Halo 2 last year. Although, definitely not legendary. Uh, That's rough. Now my buddy Nate, he's like, hey, you want to play all the Halo games? We'll play them co-op. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But I'm not playing them on legendary. (laughs) All the other games, no problem. ODST was easy as fuck on Legendary, but Halo 2? I think I stopped playing ODST. Like, I think that's when I started playing Dark Souls. (laughs) ODST was terrible. It's Yeah, we just had to power through that one. Yeah. Yeah, Val and I played every Halo game on Legendary besides 5, because 5 doesn't have couch co-op. We just gotta, like, play online, which is a nightmare. Yeah. So we're gonna do that eventually, and then play the new Halo Infinite. Dun, da, da, da. Oh. Awesome! All right, guys, let's wrap this up because yeah. I am hungry. Yeah, we're uh, hungry too. We're gonna get some pizza pot pies. Whoa! Today. Pizza pot pie. Yep. At uh, Chicago, what's it? Oven grinder? It's called. Yeah, oven grinder and oh pizza co. Yeah. It's amazing. Hey, pizza, pizza we'll pot send you pie. pictures. Put that on your list. 
<laughs> Lisa just walked in. Oh, good, Odie. Put your head around this cable. Great. Uh, well, do your wrap-up All right, let's thing. do the wrap-up. If anyone wants to get a hold of the podcast, you can reach us at allyouneedisbloodpod at gmail.com or the Facebook group All You Need Is Blood. And if you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Facebook and on Instagram at All You Need Ryan and on Twitter at Ryan Tudelo, I think. I just forgot my Twitter address. <laughs> and you can also find me lurking around the UHM fans uh, group on Facebook and on the upcoming HorrorMovies.com message board. I'm always floating around there. Mike? Uh, I do the All You Need Is Blood podcast Instagram. I am on the UHM fan page um, on the UHM. I am on Facebook and I am on Instagram. And yeah, say hello. Val, any contact info? Um, well, I'm on the uh, Facebook page. And also, I am on Instagram under Nurse Puff. That, that's that's it. it. That's all I got. <laughs> All right, and I'm sure if uh, anyone wants to get a hold of us, they will. And, uh, Mike, you'll be listing your uh, your picks for the 2021 metal albums, I'm sure, right? Uh, yeah, sure. I could do that on the uh, on, on my Instagram and the All You Need is Blood one. Perfect. So. Then I don't have to write them down. <laughs> exactly. I only got like go. half of them written down as you're going. <laughs> I wrote around the ones that I was interested in. <laughs> that's fine. Oh, that's pretty good. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining me, and thanks for everybody for listening. Val, it's a pleasure as always to have you on. And uh, I appreciate. Yeah, that. I'll just say bye for now. Goodbye. Bye. Too late. I'd already cut you off. Oh. Also, I started recording the backup like forty minutes in. <laughs> the, the, the annoying part is i always have it open like it's always sitting there and like you know there's little indicators when the audio level you know whenever i say something you can see the little green line moving and when you say something the green line moves so i look at that but i don't look at the thing that says start recording you're gonna you're gonna kick yourself like you did oh that one God, time that was the worst we recorded a whole episode val and it didn't save. Oh, no.